Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode five. That's right, I said five. And Mark, is it your favorite number five? My favorite number is eight, oh, but I'll take awesome. five. All right. Yeah, for conversation's well, sake, I'll take five, man. Why not? Welcome to episode five of the Everyday People podcast, and I am your host, Jacob Hansen. Um, I was thinking about throwing my nickname in there, Chuckles, because I have a tendency to just laugh after shit I say. So uh might just be Jacob Chuckles Hansen from now on. I don't know. Can I have to get a feedback on that one? But <laughs> I can uh, appreciate Chuckles. I like Chuckles a lot, man. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You've always been a, a supporter. <laughs> but try, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Tell uh the people listening a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. You know, who are you, Mark? Awesome, awesome. My name is William Saunders. William Mark Vincent Saunders, if you're curious about my full name. Thank and, you. Uh you know, my friends and family call me Mark. I work as a Sharps management specialist in a sleepy city called Riverside, California. Uh, that's not my native city, but that's where I work currently. And uh, yeah, man, had the pleasure of working throughout the entire pandemic. And it's just been it's been an awesome 20 months or so. Yeah, working through a pandemic is uh, always a great time, I've learned. I've learned uh, when you get COVID, you don't get paid for it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite. I don't even want to get into healthcare right now, so <laughs> no, we'll save that for later, man. Yeah, that's the... well. It's been the, the gist of the podcast talking about healthcare. <laughs> yeah, people would love to hear. To <laughs> um, no, there's a uh, an evil laugh. Uh, you said that you had Mark, and I really want the people to hear how beautiful this thing is. You know, man, I I actually was planning to save this moment for later, so I think uh, I think maybe that should be the outro. No, hey, you, you just slip it in when <laughs> you feel is okay. the best opportunity. Okay, that sounds that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds a little sus, but that's okay. We're all sometimes, here. sometimes, man, some of the most sus experience you ever receive might be some of the best as well, man. I think this is one of those times. Exactly. We're gonna grow from this moment. Truly, we're gonna 100%. blossom. We're gonna 100%. blossom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell the people a little bit about how we became friends? Uh, how that. <laughs> uh, well, I've, I've had the privilege of knowing uh, Jacob Chuckles Hansen for a little over four years. We started playing Overwatch together, hell, about four or five years ago, man. Yeah, and, it's uh, we have five, I think. Yeah, similar senses of humor. Um, he's a goat at video games. I'm a goat, and so it was, it was just a match made in heaven since day one. You were the best Hammond on Xbox, so anybody listening that's ever played Overwatch... That just means he's the fucking best. So that's all you need. Yeah, to really. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people probably will tune in or tune out the second you mention Hammond, but it's fine, man, because that's who I enjoy playing most. <laughs> Did somebody say peanut butter? <laughs> <laughs> Likes of Winston Swab, man. Basically, oh, that was uh, that was before Hammond. I wish I could do Doom Fist. That'd be great. <laughs> a little racist, man. So maybe to save that towards the end. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're probably right. But let's dive in, Mark. Um, you and I have talked a lot about our lives throughout our lives. And you and I haven't always seen eye to eye on certain things. But you and I have always had this kind of respect for one another to listen and to kind of understand what the other person is saying instead of just taking everything that that person is saying saying that it's wrong and gaining nothing from it we've always every time you and i've ever had a conversation it's been very productive and we always kind of find a way to find common ground and i think that's uh that's important um yeah 100 percent. do you think that is something that is kind of lost in the world right now being able to find common ground yeah i mean a hundred percent. It's one of those things where I couldn't point the cause of why we've become so distant from one another because we kind of, you know, not even kind of, but we're all Americans. And uh, I don't know if it's social media or maybe the political climate or, or what have you, but somewhere along the lines, we lost that. But I, I do think that's one of our strengths as friends is that we're always able to, you know, we have our political views, but we never let that get in between our friendship. I think politics is a big reason there's a big divide. Like we've talked about before, there's, you know, social media, the news networks, they push their own agenda and what they perceive to be right. And then the other side does the same thing. And then you have two people basically just yelling at each other saying, hey, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. 
And then there's a lot of people in the world that won't take the time to actually educate themselves on the situation and they just listen to what's said online or on the TV and that becomes their idea. Those become their values and beliefs and they don't even know what they believe in. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's people who will, you know, maybe they find a Facebook post that resonates with them. And, you know, oftentimes a lot of people who spread misinformation will kind of answer just a little bit of truth to kind of make the point a little more salient. And before you know it, QAnon spreads like wildfire, man. So it's hard to say, but I, I know whenever I like, if if I do watch the news, which is pretty rare, um, you just try and get a general gist of the information and then maybe find like five, six or seven sources either corroborating or, you know, they, it doesn't support the information. You kind of go from there. But if you just have one source of your information, then it kind of, it's hard to gauge the truth because there's so many vested interests out there to telling you the otherwise. I've definitely played the part in hearing something and believing it instead of reading it. And it was once I did that, I realized, okay, I need to educate myself. I can't just be an idiot and kind of, you know, go with the crowd, go with the flow. I need to yeah. think for myself. I need to learn for myself. And yeah, there's a lot of, you know, out of the bad comes good sometimes. Most of the time not, but <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely good. This helps the person, I think, when you could just, you you gain a bit more maturity when you realize that maybe you're wrong. And then if you even had a, a point of contention with a friend or a family member and you just say, hey, you know, like I thought I was right, but it turns out I was wrong, man. Uh, I think that's that's a moment for growth, and I, I think sometimes that's just forgotten in the modern era. Absolutely. Now, this is definitely a sensitive topic that we're about to talk about um, in the form of racism. And I know that's something you know you said you were excited to talk about, and I'm really excited to listen to to really spread your message and the things that you've seen, the things that you've gone through to everybody that is listening, and you know feel what it feels like to be an everyday person just on a different side of the spectrum you know and uh i was kind of hoping you know you'd maybe talk a little bit about that some of the experiences that you've been through and you know the best way to kind of move forward from that yeah no um so you know i'm 31 years old uh i don't know if you can tell by my voice but i'm a black man i've had the the privilege and honor of being a black man in a mostly white society white area white workplace and uh, with that comes some, you know, there's just differences in culture. But even before that, you know, before I reached the ripened old age of 31, uh, when I was younger, I've had quite a few run-ins with the police. And uh, I was actually, we were having a conversation a couple of days ago, and I was talking about one of my, you know, one of my more infamous stories. And uh, so I don't even know how to get into it. But anyways, I, I just had a, an encounter with the police. And uh, it was me and a, a friend of mine, Randy, and he's also black. We went to a white friend of ours' house. He left the door locked, so we go inside. Uh, before live, we went in, I'm sorry. Do you live in a primarily like, or did he live in a primarily white neighborhood? Did you guys yeah. live? In a, yeah, yeah. I went to a school called Upland Christian. Um, you know, and Upland was a primarily sort of a white city. Sounds weird saying that, but yeah, it's just the primary denomination of people there. Sure. And, uh, and Ethan Chapman, he was a cool guy. And, you know, I, I still talk to him to this day. And we kind of have this shared experience that we'll, every now and then, we'll kind of go back and forth and talk about it. Because that was, you know, such a, uh, such a moment in our childhoods. But, yes, yeah, so uh, a friend of ours, Michael Meza, pulls around the cul-de-sac, drops us off. And uh, the door was unlocked. And we're in our football gear because this is before football practice. So we go inside um, with food wearing football cleats and gear and whatnot. And, uh, you know, so we start having a good time. We're playing video games and just kind of like hanging out like teenagers do. And uh, the neighbor comes by, and you know, she's knocking on the door pretty frantically. And so my friend Ethan goes to the door and, you know, he greets her and she's like, oh my God, Ethan, you're okay. I'm so glad I was worried. And he's like, why would you be worried? And, you know, she kind of whispers to him. I saw, you know, a couple black guys go in your house. And so I called the police. He was like, oh, okay, well, those were my friends, but I guess thank you for your concern. And so about 20 minutes go by. Uh, we kind of mostly forgot about it. You know, we're in the middle of eating, and 
I think we we're playing NBA Street, which is a great game if you guys are familiar with it. <laughs> Fantastic game. An amazing game. And so we're, you know, we're having a great time. It's all fun. And uh, lo and behold, we hear a, get out of the room now. And, you know, what the hell is that, dude? But sure enough, the police had broken into my friend. They kicked down the door, broken into my friend's house, and they have guns drawn at the end of a pretty short, narrow hallway. Two police officers with two guns drawn. So luckily for us, we had the foresight to send Ethan out there first. Otherwise, I mean, it could have been a, a totally different story. I might not even be here on the podcast if they were a little more trigger happy. Well, and that that comes a lot, too, because of the person that called the cops. You know, you don't know what she told them, what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, and because they could have made a she could have made a very poor decision to say some bad things. And yeah, they, they're ready for guns blazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a it was a pretty uh, eye opening experience, and you know, mind you, I'm probably 14 or 15 at the time, pretty young freshman in high school, and uh, so you know, it's not like we're geniuses ourselves, uh, but fortunately, we were lucky enough to kind of send Ethan out there first, and uh, you know, he's white, good looking, he was the captain of the football team, you know, well spoken, everything going for him. So uh, he heads out there first, arms shoot up, and then Randy goes out second, his arms shoot up. And, you know, luckily for me, I'm last behind three bodies or two bodies. So I, I probably would have survived anyways. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you got to protect yourself you at this point. Smart, man. Yeah, you got to play it smart. So sure enough, um, you know, they tell us to go sit down. We had our hands behind our, you know, our backs. And I, I would I guess maybe... I was assuming that they were kind of going to let up on the pressure at that point, but no, no, they actually didn't. They just chose to aggress even further. Uh, You know, they're screaming at us, demanding our student IDs, all three of us. And, um, you know, I I don't have mine. And I I guess, well, my biggest, my biggest qualm was that they, they never took the moment to maybe explain the situation or, or maybe what they were told. And so for me, it was just a formative experience because I got a chance to realize that, you know, I've been seeing some police violence on television and I'd heard the stories from my parents or, you know, things like that. But to see it firsthand, it really drove it home that there is a gap between, you know, my complexion and perhaps the way I wish I could be treated. Now, do you feel also, because I agree with you. Do you believe that it's also a lack of training in the police system of any way? Do you think that if cops had more training before becoming cops or they were held to a higher standard, which is something that should be talked about because we can all pretend that this stuff isn't happening, but we do see it. We see a lot of it and it's it's sad and it's not that all cops are bad people, but there are bad cops. And they make all the good cops look bad. They make all these good people that do the, the right thing and work hard and, you know, show the love, kind, caring, compassion that people need. They get overshadowed by these poorly educated police officers. And, you know, some of them are racist. That's just, unfortunately, that's just something people will always probably be is race, racist. I think racism will always be something that exists because as much as you want people to change, people stay the same. And, you know, we're only human and there's flaws kind of ingrained and, you know, just the nature of humanity. Uh, Honestly, I I wish I could comment more on like how police, you know, are trained and how training works for police officers, but I just don't really know too much about their training. So perhaps it's like just a lack of transparency on their part. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, after a certain point and so many videos and just, you know, botched handlings of not just black men, but even white men, too. You know, I think sometimes black, I mean, it's very obvious that black men are mistreated and I'm sure black women are as well. Um, But you and I were talking about Daniel Shavers not too long ago, and that was a white guy who kind of followed all the rules to the best of his ability and, uh, you know, still was killed. And yeah. so, you know, sometimes I think there's like this sort of 
like we have blinders to sort of write the injustices in our own community as black people. And I would I want to be the first one to say that I would love to sort of write these injustices. But when you position the argument like that, it makes it feel. Um, you know, there's no community because when you're not black, you're just like, well, it really sucks for that community and you probably just go about your day. But, you know, your son could be Daniel Shavers or, you know, your son could be Tamir Rice. And those are both just someone else's sons. And, you know, these are people who didn't get the fair shake they deserved. And so sometimes I just like to broaden it because, you know, when you reduce it to just the black community or the white community, I think moments like that kind of uh, it just decreases the impact that we would all like to see made on the police. Because I think it's something we could all benefit from having police officers who are just better trained and maybe have, you know, at least a little more compassion when it comes to policing. You know, it just us all. Absolutely. And I think, too, with police training, I guess you're definitely right. I don't. I don't know all the rules and the this kind of standards they set. So for me to say that is kind of unfair. Um, so I, I acknowledge that. But from my military training, at least, you know, we were we were trained to as infantry, we were trained to go in with live rounds into rooms and kind of put ourselves in situations of how we would re, how we would react if there are people in the room and not just enemies, but hostages, children. You know, yeah, we did those things so that when the time came to be able to do it for real, you didn't make the wrong decision. And I don't, I don't know if they do those things in the, in the police academy or even after, but it feels as if they don't based on what I've seen and the things that happen, just how trigger happy certain people can be. Yeah. 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 There's, there's that. And then, you know, there's also incidents where you know that a police officer is kind of like a bad apple. And kind of similar to teachers with tenure, they just get shuffled around between other police departments. And, uh, you know, obviously that doesn't make the problem any better. So I, there's there's definitely practices that probably should and could be changed. And that would just be for the better. But, yeah, I just I like to give the benefit of the doubt because, you know, being a police officer is obviously an extraordinarily difficult job. And, uh, you know, I live in California. And I, I forgot the exact bill, but now you see people who are just, you know, straight up taking advantage of, you know, perhaps overzealous legislators. So they'll they'll come in and they'll steal exactly $950 worth of stuff because that's no longer illegal. And, um, you know, I, I understand that as a police officer, you have a really tough job and criminals are always out to kind of get one over on you. And, uh, you know, perhaps you become jaded on top of your own sort of social issues you have going on in your personal life. So it's just, it's just, it's a very difficult job. And I understand when people become dejected by it. And ultimately, the less police officers we have, I mean, the more force they're going to have to exert because they probably have two other calls that they need to get to and they need to handle it as quickly as possible. No, but, absolutely. You know, it's just, it's just, it's very difficult. It's one of those extremely nuanced problems and i think uh you can only get to the bottom of it after a conversation like this not like a five-minute blurb on fox news or cnn yeah people listening even to this may feel it's a little uncomfortable but the thing is is to be able to change and to actually make you know a step forward in the right direction we have to talk about these things we can't pretend they're not happening we can't pretend that these things didn't happen to people and you know if, if we just keep ignoring it, it's just never gonna. It's never gonna get better. And yeah. I want I want this whole podcast to be something for everybody to hear and listen to and realize that there are problems in this world. There are things that go on, and we kind of are a community now. You know, everybody listening to this and all all my friends, like we just we can be the voice that kind of makes a difference, that makes a change, that helps, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's spreading awareness, just these little nuances that we can make and change just they're so impactful and the grand scheme of things because right now we're looking at it oh this person says this this person says that what's it going to do but maybe those two people say something to somebody and then those two people say something to somebody and then it gets to the right person and they say something to a lot of people yeah yeah no that's a, a very positive way to look at it because you know 
one thing that I really appreciate about your podcast is that, you know, they're obviously much larger podcasts, but sometimes it feels like as individuals, especially if you're like, you know, sort of bottom rung on the totem pole, or maybe you just have other things that you need to attend to. Not everyone's famous, you know? And so your podcast is cool because it gives just normal everyday people a chance to kind of like have a venue and a voice. So thank you for the invite, man. No, absolutely. I'm, I love it, man. I love talking to people. It's given me such a perspective on life already through five guests, including myself, because I talk to myself uh, quite frequently, but (laughs) through five people, four people, there's just been so much I've learned just by talking to somebody and actually sitting down and having a heart to heart, like not just talking about, oh, how uh, did you see the sports game? Did you, what'd you have for dinner? Like, no, we're sitting down. We're talking about things that we feel are important to to not only us, but the people around us, because we want to raise awareness of certain things, whether it's mental health, whether it's racism, whether it's sexism, whether it's, you know, the most recent shooting in the world. Like we want to talk about it. We want to get it out because there's so many people that are experiencing things. There's so many people that are going through stuff and they can't find an outlet. They don't find anybody real anymore. There's not anyone that wants to address these things because they're afraid. They don't want to spread a positive message because they might fear what other people might think, but you can't fear what people think of you. If you do that, you're never going to get to live your life and be the person that you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. You can't live your life in fear. And then, you know, for you had mentioned people in the workplace wanted to have deeper conversations, but there is sort of this stigma where you don't talk about like the big things that are happening. And so I I do remember at some of the earlier points in the pandemic, you know, we were kind of rudderless just as a, as a hospital and really as a nation. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of suspected cases. And so, you know, this is from like a corporate standpoint, there were people who had already started wearing masks and, um, they were asked to take them off because it would scare patients and it would scare other staff members. And so you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't wear masks. And so I think that there are times in your life where you do want to talk about something, but you just, you feel voiceless and maybe you work at, you know, like a, a target or a Walmart, obviously that's not the proper venue. And I'm sure they don't want you to talk about those things either. So one of the cool things about your podcast is just, it makes people, it made me feel like I had a voice. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. And I hope anybody that, you know, comes on here and talks feels that that way, or even just listens, feels that way. Because and for everybody listening, this man is the reason I started my podcast. He uh, he was like, you know, you're really great at talking to people and you're easy to talk to. Why don't you start a podcast and call it, I don't know, the Everyday People Podcast? And I was like, well, holy shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this, man... this, this came together as more of a whim, man. And I think that's the coolest part. You know, I, I've always thought you were very skilled when it came to just talking to people. And, you know, have I seen you, you know, have an aggressive conversation in an Xbox lobby? Of course. Uh, <laughs> hey, I've seen growth in an Xbox yeah, match, though. 100%, you, man. You can tell that story if you'd like. It's uh... I've, I've seen a lot of growth, man. I know this. Is, I'll never forget this story, man. But it was, you know, for the listeners out there, it was Christmas Day, Overwatch. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it should be a very happy day for a lot of people. But unfortunately, gaming is, is not. There's not a lot of happy people gaming. No, and there is so not. You and whatever his name was were getting into some type of ar- argument or altercation. A lot of name calling was involved. And then before the end of the match, you guys became fast friends. You made an apology. He accepted it. He apologized. And uh, I think at that moment, I knew that you had a, a talent when it came to just sort of having a heart to heart with people, even if you haven't met them. Yeah, because him and I were both very emotional. We both said some things uh, should be repeated. And at the end of it, though, we talked about it and we moved on. It was pretty cool. I At that moment, I knew I was capable of growth. I just didn't know that it, that's what it took for me to get there. So really, people just, just need to insult my mom because that's usually the go-to on, on video games. And maybe if just enough people insult my, my mother, I'll, I'll grow as a person. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the secret formula, man. Who know? At this point, I'm willing to try anything. So it was successful. It was successful. I think if anything, if we could ever meet that guy again, we we owe him a, a thank you. For sure, I'd shake his hand and tell him what a scholar and gentleman he's truly been. I had him on the podcast, you know. Now, 
it's just a quick question for you. I've been kind of throwing this into every podcast because I think it's a hilarious question since my buddy brought it up. And it's three to one right now is the, the count to, to yep. votes on this question. So I won't tell you who's who, you know, unless you've heard. But in a tetherball match, who are you taking? Floyd Mayweather in his prime or Jesus in his prime? Uh, I'm going to have to take Jesus, man. I'm going to have to take Jesus. Jesus is – do you think there's anybody that could – Kind of go toe to toe with Jesus in a tetherball match. Is it uh, you know, honestly, I would say his father, also known as God. Interesting. That's yes. Well, that's a good um, one right there. There is the Holy Spirit, and I don't know if the Holy Spirit actually has a body. So that's kind of like that's up in the air. And then actually, maybe the my last guess would be like Satan. <laughs> Jesus versus Satan for it's the fate Satan. of humanity. In a tetherball match. Uh, maybe that's actually happening right now, man. And we're on the tetherball. Like Earth is the ball being tethered. Uh, yeah, that could be 100%. Like, I, I, I just find it funny that you asked that question because that might be like the meaning of life. Yeah, we're on the tetherball and we get slapped around. And when life's good, Jesus is about to win. But then here comes Satan just knocking the shit out of this tetherball. And. <laughs> And now it's, you know, now you're going the other way. But wait, you think our Lord and Savior is going to let us down? Not yet. Bam. <laughs> you know? And he comes fourth quarter and just, you know, hits that three ball for the win and we're all saved. He's going to break you Satan's know? ankles and he's going to fucking dunk and that's going to be 21. So. Be awesome, dude. That'd be awesome. That's one basketball game I would love to see. I mean, tetherball as well, but I just, when I think of Jesus coming in for that free throw line dunk, it just, it sounds amazing. And I get such an awesome visual picture. Man, that'd be, I'd pay money to see that, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, so, some would say that the basketball game ever. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the Jen and Julian podcast, but no. uh, I listened to that a couple of times to my ex-girlfriend and it was actually pretty funny. And the, this guy, Julian, he talks about how if, uh, demons just, you know, they... <laughs> didn't waste their time haunting people and they just took their talents, you know, like they possessed someone and they just became a pro NBA player. There'd be some crazy games. You know what, man? I, uh, I can see the logic behind that, but honestly, I think that there's not enough money and influence in basketball and they probably just joined Congress, you know, or just joined a <laughs> company. Well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here we are. I'm a little too real now, Mark. I'm a little too real. I know we would get here, man. You, you have any interesting conspiracy theories you ever think of? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm not very conspiratorial. I do think they're fun. So some fun conspiracies, I think. Uh, you know, Hollow Earth is maybe the funnest one to me. Do I know it's total bullshit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a fun thought. I think the JFK assassination was really interesting. Uh, I mean, I don't know the most about that, but I've heard some pretty uh, convincing arguments that it was, I don't know if it's maybe an inside job might be the right terminology or the wrong terminology, but it, maybe the government knew more than they were letting on. Yeah, I could see that. Well, let's talk about um, something that I think is important, and that's just kind of doing what you're doing right now, coming up onto a show, opening up, talking about. Uh, talking about stuff and being vulnerable how how imperative do you feel that is for mental health not only for men but for women um well i think you know if if i really think about it probably some of the rise of the well it's hard to say because you know mental health statistics they're probably relatively new speaking in terms of a society you know you have our parents generation and uh, I don't think they were particularly forthright about how they were feeling, you know, emotionally. So it's hard to say from that aspect. But what I do think is that being vulnerable allows you to access your most authentic, truest self. And so maybe some of the rise in the mental health issues is that there's not enough of that. So I, I do think it's imperative to be your most authentic self. If you want to be mentally healthy, you know, with others as well as with yourself. What do you think some good steps are to, you know, 
doing things to make you feel like yourself because i'm sure you've been in a point in your life where you felt like just complete stranger like you look in the mirror and you're like i don't know who this person is i don't i don't recognize this human being in front of me um honestly what i think keeps me really grounded is that i i'm very fortunate to have some pretty good friends and i have a really you know an, an amazing connection with my dad and my brother so I'm, I'm very blessed in the family aspect but uh as far as like recreational activities uh video games have you know done a long way to sort of build relationships and even though you don't necessarily meet these people in person you do have a chance to connect and become vulnerable with them you know close friends you you build these bonds uh, so between gaming and I think lifting had a lot to do with sort of my the salience of my mental health. So I think as long as you have like a good friends, you know, a family structure and just a couple outlets, it can go a long way to kind of keep you healthy mentally. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of people out there that believe they don't have those things, but I think anybody in the world that's out there now is not really alone. I feel we all have somebody to go to. And yeah. even if it's just one person, don't, you know, don't give up on that. Don't, don't take that for granted. And no, that's, that's very important, man. I'm glad you touched on this point, man, because I know there's, you know, we have one of the highest suicide rates in the world and a lot of people give a logic shit, but I know that song that is one 800 song. It probably saved a lot of lives, man. And I bumped so I, it in the car crying a couple times, so not going to lie. Well, there you go, man. There you it go. Helps. I think, you know, it's just good energy to put out there. And uh, I just think I, I can't stress how important it is just to be authentic. And so maybe if somebody asks how you're doing, you might feel like a burden saying, like, honestly, man, not that good. But it'll be better for yourself in the long run if you could just be honest. Maybe that person opens up to you. They're not feeling good as well. And then you can build a bond that you wouldn't have built otherwise if you just tried to bottle it in and, and suck it up. And that's exactly why people kill themselves because they bottle it up and they don't let it out. Yeah, or worse, you know, people kill themselves or they just have this sort of maniacal moment where they go to their school or they go to a movie theater or they go to, you know, just pick something. They snap. And whether it's killing somebody else or killing themselves, they snap. It's too much to handle. And their only outlet is violence in some sort of way. Yeah. And self-harm is a form of violence. And I'd say even, you know, like committing suicide, you really do. You hurt the ones that you love around you. You hurt so many people. And I've had, oh, I've, I've had too many friends kill themselves. Oh, I same, same, man. Likewise. And you just sit there. I had, I had one friend I he overdosed and um <clears throat> sorry um he was on xbox with me and like telling me that he he wasn't feeling well that he doesn't care about his life anymore that he's done all these drugs and that he doesn't give a fuck and what's sad about this story is i've heard that from him before yeah just seemed a little different this time it seemed like he the little hope that was there that you could sense just, it was gone dried up and then that day he died and yeah. uh to think that i was one of the last people that he ever talked to is kind of a wicked thing and you can't you can't get back that time you can't go back and say hey man like like i love you i don't want you to do this i want you to be here and people don't do that enough. They don't express how they feel towards their friends and family and loved ones because they don't bottle they bottle it up. But yeah, life's short. Let other people know you love them because not only is it going to help you, it's, it could help somebody else. Yeah, that's that's very true, man. No, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your friend, man. But uh, I've had friends who have killed themselves as well. And I'm so, very I sorry think to about it too, man. You know, you you think what could I could have what could I have said? to make them maybe have a second thought or make them realize how truly loved they were. And I, I've had moments where I beat myself up as well. But uh, all you can do is just learn from, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake, but all you can do is learn from it. Just hopefully, you know, be there for the next person when they have their moment where they need you. And as uncomfortable as this is to say, it's I, I think in my opinion that it is true that 
you should never, no matter who you are, no matter what situation happens with suicide, don't ever let yourself feel the blame. Like it was your fault. Like had you said, had not said this, or had you said this, they'd still be here. Cause at the end of the day, we are all in control of our own thoughts, our own emotions and our own actions. And it's sad to think that you could have helped, but it is not your fault. You were not the reason. The reason was that they needed help. They really truly needed help. Maybe they didn't talk about that. And that's an issue. Yeah. Uh, but you can't sit there and you can't take the blame because a hundred percent, you're not a medical professional. You're not a psychological expert. You know, we're just everyday people, ordinary people. I don't even know if I would have known what to say in that moment. I would have liked it. I would like to think that I know, but I don't really know for sure. Hindsight is 2020. That's a great, I think a great quote because it's so true. I use that in my daily life. Yeah. Like, I'm, I could have done this or I could have played these lottery numbers different, but hindsight's 2020. It's perfect. You can look back and know what you could have done wrong. It's the mistakes that build you, that build yeah. that foundation of knowing how to react in situations when they come up. Yeah. No, it's, it, you know, life isn't easy, man. Life is not easy at all. And so one of the reasons why I get so fired up about politics is like, and, you know, just this the state of affairs currently is that life already is difficult enough. And it seems like we have certain elements of the society that we live in that seem very invested in making it more difficult. And so, you know, so we've had our conversations politically. And I honestly think that even though, you know, I, I'm fairly sure you mentioned to me that you're registered Republican and I'm registered Democrat. These forces aren't really out to help us, you know. And, uh, and even though we have our air quotes differences, uh, I think there are far more similarities than there are differences. Well, people hear the terms Republican and Democrat and they think, oh, well, I'm the first thing people do now in this generation. They stereotype you as soon as they hear that you're a Republican. Oh, he must gotta love Trump and guns. You know, oh, it's uh, it's a liberal. Oh, they're retarded. They don't know what they're talking about. It's people just jump. They and they say dumb shit and they don't. They don't get to know the person. They judge them based on what they think they know about that person. And that's yeah. not fair. If people were to just sit down and have conversations like this one and talk about things like you and I have talked about, we've talked about everything politically and no, we haven't agreed. We haven't seen eye to eye on everything, but that's fine because I learned so much. I learned so much from you. You're very, you're like a book of knowledge, your brain. And oh, thank, you, yeah, thank you, bro. You're a very smart individual and that's very appreciated. Um, it's, it's seriously so important to just learn, not hate, not, I, I disagree with you on things. We don't see eye to eye on everything, but we still respect each other. We know one another on a personal level to, at the end of the day, we're both just Americans trying to make our lives better. I think this will work. You think this will work, but it doesn't mean one that it's going to work. It's just our thoughts, our ideals in our outlook on life and that doesn't mean that either one of us are wrong or that either one of us are correct it just means that we have different views and different aspects on things yeah no i agree man i agree i like to find the commonalities versus the differences but i i couldn't agree more man like i like i mentioned earlier i think there are there are parties involved that are vested in having us disagree until the end of time but if you were to poll on like a lot of the big questions like maybe marijuana legalization um you know, more people agree than disagree on both sides of the aisle. I think marijuana should definitely be legal. Yeah, 100%. I'm not saying, this is the thing, I'm not saying marijuana is for everybody. Um, but it definitely does have its benefits to certain individuals. And it really does help people. And even when I was on my FedEx route, um, I heard some people talking about just how dumb people are when they smoke marijuana, you know, just like, oh, you're such a dumb person. Yeah, uh, definitely. There's another stereotype right there. A, yeah, <laughs> people that have smoked weed will understand that that is not that's not true. I can. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You could definitely become a vegetable and lay in the couch, but that's not what marijuana really is. And especially when used in the correct way, it could be so beneficial. But. We'd rather just ignore the facts, 
and see what we want to see. Yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, I think it's sort of like an evolutionary tactic when you think about it, because if you change your mind too frequently, that could be the difference between like living and dying. But uh, you know, between social media and the climate, I think now it's gamified in your disinterest. And so, if there's any takeaway that I'd like people to have from this, is like, you have to be willing to see another person's perspective. And even though you may think it may be wrong, if you can just sort of envision yourself and where they're coming from and actually be charitable, you could learn a thing or two, you know? Just by standing in someone else's shoes. And it's so cliche, but it's true. Just put yourself in someone else's shoes and think about how the things that they're going through could really affect them. And how would their things affect you? And I, I also understand the premise of not comparing yourself to others. I'm not saying compare yourself, but just give yourself a different perspective, a different outlook on how to view the situation. And maybe you might come to a different outcome in your own in your own mind. Yeah. Yeah, it could be more beneficial than it would be negative, 100%. Really, uh, I just want to ask you one more question that I sure. feel you're going to really provide a solid answer with because you when I say this I really mean it like you're very you're a very good human being a very great person and there's a lot of really shitty people in the world so you know to anybody listening to all my friends and especially you Mark like you know thank you just for taking the time out of your day to be kind and to listen to to talk to understand to really care about somebody else to go out of your way to do something to help someone and provide a little bit a little bit of peace in their life peace is something that we do not find very often and to just give somebody the peace of mind to know that wow somebody was thinking of me today or this homeless man that you just gave a sandwich to says wow like maybe <laughs> the world isn't full kind. of shit people you know yeah no you're too kind man thank you thank you for uh but <laughs> I think, first of all, thank you for, uh, you know, creating a venue like this and um, and thank you for the appreciation. It's, you know, I, I don't really go out of my way to be this sort of homeless hero like you pictured me. But one thing I do like to do is just give people the time of day. And so even if I'm at work and somebody like actually opens up to me and, you know, I do see patients, you know, so I'll see people who are, you know, they're hurting, they're sad, they're scared. Maybe they just got a really bad diagnosis. Um, and so I, I do like to just take the time out of my day to maybe like crack a joke, which may be bad. You know, I mean, I'm sure there'd probably be a lot of, uh, charge nurses who didn't like the joke, but, uh, it's not from a bad place, man. And I think it's just, uh, it's just humor is just such a good way to connect with other people. So yeah. I thank you for noticing man. as a patient transporter, when I was at the hospital, I definitely said some inappropriate jokes to patients and most of them thought it were they were funny um but there were a few you know they, <laughs> maybe they didn't uh, think it was that funny but i tried <laughs> yeah and it came from place there were so many funny jokes i've heard from patients just over the years of being a patient transporter that just made me laugh and that made me smile and you know i actually uh i remember <laughs> it's a funny story all right let's hear it before i ask you your question sorry i uh I felt I still feel horrible about this story because this guy, he um, had gone in for a his tubes twisted. <laughs> oh, right. So, on. so he had to go to emergency surgery and I'm his patient transporter. And I'm like, you're going to be OK. You know, I'm like, I'm really trying to make this guy feel better because I, losing one of your. Your precious jewels. Yeah. <laughs> my brussels. <laughs> you know. I would be scared, man. I would be scared. <laughs> man, like, God, I don't want to lose brussels. <laughs> I brussels. <laughs> <laughs> no. Fuck, man. I, I was, but I was just being the best person I possibly get to this guy. And he goes to surgery. He's like, thank you so much. You helped me. I'm like, like, I'm here for you, my guy. I'm fucking here for you. Next day, uh, I don't got work. And he had the surgery the day okay. following though, I come in and the, one of the nurses comes, comes to me cause I pushed him up to, um, um, outpatient to have surgery. And 
or impatient. I don't know. And <laughs> he, the one of the ladies is like, Hey, you remember that guy that you pushed in? Um, and you know, she talked about him and I was like, Oh yeah. She was like, Oh, he was looking for you. I was like, Oh really? Why? What's I was like, do you say he's like, no, she's just looking for you. And <laughs> I asked her, I said, uh, how, how the surgery go? And she's like, well, he's alive. <laughs> and uh -oh. I knew <laughs> that man was, He's looking for me, all right. Like you, you gave me hope. And uh, I'm sorry, good sir, but I did not mean to. Uh, <laughs> uh, did not you, mean man. to we ruin said, your your life. We said at the beginning of the podcast, man, you win some, you lose most, man. But I'm sure that joke at least brought a smile to his face, dude. And I do think that goes a long way. But yeah, to, to wrap this up, if you uh, if you had one message that you could spread to the world, share to anybody listening, to anybody out there that you think could help them and benefit them in a in just a way that you think would help, what message would you give to those people? Um, I don't know, man. To distill all of my thoughts down into one message is pretty difficult. But uh, what I would say is that we just have to be more kind to each other. We have to be more patient. We have to be more understanding. And I don't know if there's a word that fuses all three of those things together, but it would be something to that effect. Because at this current rate, I mean, we're, we're really not gonna make it, you know, between the, you know, this greed at the top level and this insistence on personal responsibility at every single turn, it just leaves more people feeling downtrodden and forgotten than it does it's it's not necessarily the most inclusive message so yeah man I, I guess if i had one message it was just to be just be more patient with each other be more kind more respectful let's try and um just get people it's, instead of being as discourteous and unkind in your assumptions about them just give them a little more um leniency and forgiveness well that was that's absolutely beautiful all right, thank you, man. Thank you. What well, I want—I actually want to ask you the same question, man. What would be a message that you would send if you could? Wow, you know, uh, I kind of—I kind of addressed this in my first podcast, but I guess through the two weeks that I've been making this, my mind's kind of been everywhere, and my thoughts have changed. You know, uh, I'm not saying my messages that I spoke before kind of. I don't mean them, but I guess right now in this current moment, if I could give a message to anybody that I think could help them is just don't take your time for granted. Don't yeah. let time slip away because time goes by so fast and we sit here and we have great good days. We have great days and the time goes by fast. We have slow days at work. It sucks. And, we take it all for granted though because one day we're not going to have any more time in that hourglass we need to live our lives we need to love we need to be kind we need to be compassionate we need to show the world that we're capable of these things that we believe we can do in ourselves and in others that you're going to make the life that you want for you because you're not going to accept anything else the world's going to fucking tear you down. It's going to make you quit. It's going to make you hate everybody, yourself, your friends, your love, anything and everything. Life will yeah. come for you. It comes for everybody. And it will just fucking keep you on the ground. But you need to get up. You need to move forward. Okay. You need to you need to just keep moving because time doesn't stop. And time isn't going to pity you. Time isn't going to care if you're on the ground and you're crying. Time knows no ends and one day death will come and he will knock on your door and it will be your time and the yeah, truth is we don't know when that time is we don't know when that's coming no that's true man that's true that's a good point you know just to be grateful that for the time that you have tell your friends and family you love them and yeah. uh just be the best person you can be because yeah your maker your maker is calling you don't know when that's going to be just be present in the moment and live your life and don't don't have regrets. Don't look back at the end of your life and say, I wish I could have done this. Say, hey, I'm fucking so proud I did this. Yeah, it was a good ride. No, man, that's powerful, man. Thank you for uh thank you for sharing that. 
I actually, before we wrap this up, man, I have one more question I wanted to ask you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know you're on your fifth episode. You know, it's a powerful episode. This is a big moment. Um, and uh, I really do believe in speaking some of your dreams to power, man. So if you could have anyone on this podcast, who would it be? Any person in the world, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's just anybody. Yeah, I mean, anybody, dead or alive, who could you have on here? Do you know who Chris Martin is? Um, The name sounds familiar. Is that the guy from Coldplay? <laughs> yes, it is. He's the singer. Oh. And he, he's such a great character. And actually, I have two people I would love to have on this podcast. First him, because he's just an overall, I, man, I would love to just have a conversation with him. I think he's great. And then the second person would, would be Matthew McConaughey. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That'd be a nice way to open the podcast or close it. <laughs> um, who would you, if you could just see one person on this podcast, who would you like to see? Mm, I don't know, man. I'm I'm actually going to have to go with uh, with Bernie Sanders, man. I think that would be a good one. Man, I don't think I'm anywhere ready for that conversation politically because – I, I know politics, but I don't know politics like Bernie Sanders, and I, I'm not trying to feel the burn. You feel me? Oh, yeah, I got you, man, but it would just be a powerful moment, man. You could definitely learn a thing or two from him, and I think the the audience could learn a thing or two, and it would just be, you know, I just think that'd be, that would be a cool one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if Bernie makes it long enough, I'd love to get him on the podcast uh, by the time this blows up, uh, and if not, well, that's okay. Thanks, cool. uh, thanks again, Mark, for fucking coming on here, man. I love you, bro. And, hey, I love. Uh, I appreciate the invite, dude. It was this was fun. We should do it again sometime. And everybody listening, just remember, um, we're only everyday people. <laughs>